Welcome to Blind Date with Knowledge. This is a weekly half-hour talk show featuring Queen's University researchers and scholars. The show is a platform for Queen's researchers to discuss the significance to and benefits of their research on everyday lives. I'm Barry Kaplan, the show's host. Blind Date with Knowledge is broadcast on CFRC Radio, 101.9 FM, Campus and Community, Queen's Radio in Kingston. We're located in Carruthers Hall. All the episodes of Blind Date with Knowledge are available on the CFRC website or the Queen's University Research website at queensu.ca slash research. In this episode, my guest is Dr. Marianne McCall, who is a professor in the Queen's School of Rehabilitation Therapy in the Department of Public Health Sciences. She's the Associate Director of the Centre for Health Services and Policy Research at Queen's University. Dr. McCall is also the academic lead for the Canadian Disability Policy Alliance, which is an association of academic, community and policy partners committed to understanding and enhancing disability policy in Canada. Dr. McCall's research examines access to health services for people with disabilities, disability policy, spirituality and health, and primary care for special populations, and community integration and social support. That's quite a quite an impressive list of services. Well, welcome to the show, Marianne. Thank you, Barry. Uh, you know, when I was reading your bio, I was particularly struck with the 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 concept of spirituality and how that relates to health. Can you talk a little bit about that? Maybe explain to our listeners how you understand spirit in terms of our Western health. Uh, 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 system, and uh, and and uh, maybe talk a little bit too in that uh, conversation about how the mind and the body and the spirit are connected. That's a tall order, but I'll, <laughs> give, I'll give it a shot. Um, let's start by saying what we mean by spirituality, and it's one of those things that people talk about without necessarily being terribly precise about what they mean, and part of that is because it's so difficult to define. So people just go, okay, let's not define it. Let's just go with our intuitive understanding of the concept and not get all bogged down with words because it's quite an evasive concept. However, I think if we're going to have a meaningful conversation about it, we have to know what each other means by spirituality. And so I, um, you know, fight the good fight and try to uh, give a precise meaning. So here's, here's what I mean when I talk about spirituality. Spirituality is a human trait that is related to the extent to which one is able to or wishes to um, perceive something beyond what we can experience with our five senses and with our brain. Uh, those are the ways that we normally encounter our world. But there's this other way, this transcendent way that is called that we call spirituality, and um, embedded in that is the word spirit. And we can't really talk about spirituality without confronting what we mean by spirit. So there's an, a number of different ways of thinking about spirit. We can put a capital S on it and uh, think about a particular spiritual entity, a particular. Uh, deity or 
otherworldly being that we give a name to and different religions subscribe to different names, different uh, configurations for that deity. But that's the most formal way to think about it. The other way is to think about it, or another way to think about it, is to think about it as something beyond human comprehension, something mysterious, awesome, um, but not really something that we can pin down and, uh, and give a name to or have any kind of definitive human understanding of. The third way is to say, well, spirit is actually in us. Spirit exists within human beings. It's the, it's the part of us that animates our will, that makes us who we are, that defines our identity. The animus versus the, the body part. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So um, depending on how you think about spirit, it will depend what you think spirituality is um, and how formally you define spirituality. Anyways, getting back to your question, which was how is the spirit related to health? And in my research, I've looked mostly at how it's related to disability rather than health. Um, There's loads of evidence in the literature to say that spirituality is positively related to health, that people who have a vital, active spiritual life are more likely to be well to start with, to uh, resist becoming ill and to once ill to do better in terms of recovery. Hmm. In terms of disability, I think that people with disabilities uh, very often have a slightly different relationship than people without disabilities with spirituality. I think the fact of having a disability brings people into a different kind of a relationship with the world and with the possibility of something beyond the world. Um, I think the enormity of the impact of disability in people's lives calls for an explanation beyond our mundane kinds of um, causal inferential uh, um, explanations. You mean like, why is God visiting this affirmity on me? There are all kinds of questions that go along with having a disability, existential questions like, why did this happen to me? Um, Am I being punished for something? Does this make me less human? Is my life still my own? Does it belong to me? Do I have control over it? Who's in charge of what happens and why things happen the way they do? All those questions, whether you have a disability that um, starts from birth, is uh, incurred in childhood, in adulthood, in old age, all those questions confront people who uh, live with a disability and who encounter the world differently uh, than, say, the, the... vast majority of people. And while I can appreciate that that is a reality for people, for most people uh, who have a disability, I know you can probably flip that over and say it's it's a gift in some way because the 
capacity that I need to develop to overcome that and be in the world and be with myself and to be as human as I can be in, in whatever limitations I have is a very empowering and very inspiring thing. And I know some of the research that you're doing is in appreciative inquiry and disability. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Yeah, um, you put that very nicely, by the way, Barry. I, I really appreciate your understanding of it. Um, disability studies has evolved over the past century from kind of a charitable approach where people with disabilities were viewed as, uh, you know, sort of pitiful victims of their circumstances and the objects of charity to uh, a, a, a real change in the 80s and beyond where people with disabilities weren't so much viewed as having something wrong with them, but as encountering a society that was not equipped mm -hmm. to allow them to flourish and be their best selves. And that, that we call that the social model of disability, the idea that the, um, <clears throat> the, the determinants of disability lie outside of the person rather than in them. Okay, that, that's, that's great. Um, where I want to go with this appreciative inquiry, I'd like to hear more about it because it's it's a it's refreshing. It's a, it's a ray of light, I think, in some of the negativity that that one hears about disability and and um, and well, let, let's okay. have you talk a little bit more okay. about that. Um, the the world of disability studies has evolved into. Uh, what is called critical disability studies. And in other words, uh, the interface between critical theory and disability studies. And so critical theory is all about, um, about who holds power, why things are the way they are, what, how, how the power differential affects those particularly on the wrong side of it. And so uh, disability studies to a very large extent has become critical disability studies. And it's all about disabled people as an oppressed minority. And um, health professionals are one of, the, um, one of the groups in society that is viewed as one of the primary instruments of oppression. Well, I teach emerging health professionals. And um, while I have absolutely no argument with that perspective, it's perhaps not the best way to introduce young people to the idea of disability and what it's like to live with a disability. So I uh, was familiar with appreciative inquiry. Appreciative inquiry, instead of looking at what's wrong with the world, tries to imagine the world at its very best, tries to find examples of where the world is um, functioning at an optimum level and to say, what can we learn from that? And how can we maximize the possibility of the world being more like that? And so I thought, I wonder if it's possible to combine disability studies with appreciative inquiry and to, uh, rather than critiquing society, look at what, how much there is to appreciate in the, the challenges that people with disabilities face in the resourcefulness that they marshal to encounter those challenges, in the diversity that they bring to our society and the benefit that we all gain from, uh, from that diversity. Um, and also for my students who are uh, going to be health professionals or social services professionals, 
the benefit of spending one's career learning from people with disabilities and um, recognizing that the world uh, looks differently f through different lenses and that um, we can grow and uh, benefit from uh, the people that we try to offer service to. It's very commendable, very uplifting value. I'm glad you were able to uh, share those points of view with our listeners. Mm, thank you. I close out every episode of Blind Date with Knowledge by asking my guests to tell us a joke, recite a short poem or inspirational quotation, or reference a song related to their research or the personal motivation associated with their research. So Marianne, back to you. Okay. Well, I'm not in the habit of quoting Theodore Roosevelt, but this, <laughs> this quote is attributed to him. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And what I like about that quote is that it um, encourages us as researchers to remember why we're doing what we do, to remember that our research has an impact on real people living with real problems in real lives. And um, if we don't know those people and understand our, the problems they encounter from their perspective, if we don't um, ensure that our work is accountable to them at some level and that uh, the problems we're re researching are problems they would recognize and that they would um, affirm, um, then I, I think we're missing the boat. Some of the most satisfying experiences I've had in my research career have been when I've worked hand-in-hand -hand with uh, consumers, mostly people with disabilities. I've worked with a number of prominent national disability organizations, and it's been very satisfying. And most recently, um, we are working with the federal government to try to sh help them to shape Bill C-81, the Accessible Canada Act. Um, and um, it's very nice to see the research come full circle. Fantastic. My guest in this episode of Blind Date with Knowledge has been Dr. Marianne McCall, Marianne is a professor in the Queen's School of Rehabilitation Therapy in the Department of Public Health Science. If you have a question about anything related to research that you would like discussed by our guests, or if you have comments about today's conversation with Marianne, please email me, barrykaplan at bdwk at cfrc.ca. Thank you very much for tuning in. This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at podcasts.cfrc.ca.